Bibles out tonight, and let's go to the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, and I want to encourage you for a few minutes tonight, and uh, on this night in, in particular, where all of our kids are out, all of our teenagers are out, all of those youth workers hold me accountable for not going terribly late. Uh, because they, uh, there's enough of them up there tonight to riot if we left them up there with them too long. And so I'm going to jump right into it if we could. Hebrews chapter number 10. If you would uh, look down. Uh, let's stand together if you don't mind. Let's look down uh, to verse number 22. Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 22. Glad to have Brother Micah's mom and dad with us tonight. And you continue to pray for them. Both of them having health uh, a health test and procedures here in the near future. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, our, our text tonight is going to be one verse, verse 23. The Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Go ahead and be seated tonight. We just prayed and we asked the Lord to bless it and we're going to jump right into it if we could. Uh, I don't have time tonight to go into what all of the book of Hebrews is about, but just to give you a quick rundown, we're going to focus in on chapter number 10. Uh, we have a lot of comparing of the old covenant and the new covenant. Uh, what we used to have under the law, what we have now under grace, and you walk through it and it shows us that all of those Old Testament sacrifices, you look down to verse number uh, three, but in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible, verse 4, the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. That was that old covenant. It was never meant to take away sins, but was pointing to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ that would die for our sins once and for all. Aren't you glad? Once and for all. He took care of that, and we are saved once and for all when we put our faith and trust in Christ. But here's what I want you to see. When you look all the way down, the Bible is showing us what we have in the new covenant. What we have now because of Jesus, and you look down verse number, um, verse number 18, the Bible says, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Amen. Glad for that. Verse 19, watch what it says. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, notice he is sharing what we have now because of Christ. Aren't you glad tonight that when we got saved, we have so much more than we did before we got saved? I mean, we could spend weeks and months and the rest of eternity talking about all of the benefits of being a child of God. So that word is very important in verse 19, having. We have it. Why? Because the last part of verse 19, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Watch verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God. Notice that. There's something else that we have. That we have a high priest. We're seeing all the benefits of the new covenant of what we have because of Jesus Christ. Look down, uh, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Watch this. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. My goodness, all of the things that we have because we are saved through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. A lamb without spot or blemish who once and for all paid in full the sin debt of you and I on the cross of Calvary. What a blessing tonight that he took care of that. Have you ever made installment payments on something? Uh, man, I remember we, we bought our first couch. We didn't have a whole lot of money, and we needed a couch and a bed. We'd always had hand-me-downs. You know, you, you first get married, you just go with what you got, right? 
we had a twin bed, and that, and that was it. It was a, a, a cedar bed set that my great-grandfather built, and hey, we were just glad to have it. And uh, after a while, we decided we wanted to buy a, a bed, and we wanted to buy a couch. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Uh, so we went to a, a furniture store in Louisiana, and we found this floor demo model couch. It was a gift from God. You may think I'm joking, but I'm not. We prayed for it. My wife wanted a khaki couch that was low profile, and we found a floor model for $250. Hey, the Bible says it gives us the desires of our heart, and that couch was exactly that. But then we needed a bed, a little more expensive than that couch. It was about $850 and added up well over $1,000. We didn't have the money. Uh, and so we did that 12 months, no interest. We had good credit. So if you pay it off in time, you don't pay any interest there. And we made those payments on that month after month after month. I would go to Tower Loan. Every time I went in there, they tried to give me more money. You know, makes you feel like a high roller, doesn't it? You walk in there, hey, would you like some more money? Absolutely. Do I have to pay it back? Absolutely. Never mind, all right? I don't want to get the kind that they have to pay back. Every once in a while, they'd even send me a check in the mail. All I had to do was cash it. Oh, they know what they're doing, don't they? They are smart, smart folks. That's how they, they reel you in. But man, how exciting it was that day to drive over to West Monroe, Louisiana, and walk into the Tower Loan place and pay that final payment on our couch. Finally, the couch was ours. I didn't have to live in fear. They were going to come repossess our floor model couch that was there. It was nice to be paid in full. That's what Jesus did. Man, we, we look at the Old Testament sacrifices, and they were pointing to Jesus Christ, but it was year after year, verse 3, verse 4, a remembrance again made of sins every year, but Jesus once and for all paid for that, and now we have this in verse 19. We have that in verse 20, 21, 22. So that is what we have. Now here's what's happening. He is leading them. The Holy Spirit wants them to be secure in their faith. All right? He doesn't just want us to have faith. He wants us to be secure in our faith. Now I want to tell you something tonight. This is an area where we lack, is being secure in what we believe. All right? If you're saved tonight, I bet uh, you'd be one of the first to raise your hand. If I were to say, hey, who's saved here tonight? You'd be one of the first to raise your hand. Hey, I'm saved. Thank God that I'm saved. We have faith, and we have put our faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did. Thank God for that. We have faith. But can I tell you what I am finding in my life and in so many Christians in the world, talking to another pastor today, same problem going on. Oftentimes, we are not secure in our faith. All right? We have a faith, but we're not secure in it. And let me tell you something. If you're not secure in your faith in 2023, you'll not hold on to it very long. You have got to come to a place where not only do you profess it, but that you possess it dearly. And that's what he's about to tell them in verse number 23. Watch what he says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. So not only do we have the faith, but he says, listen to me, you better be secure in your faith. All right, now, look, you say, you mean I have to hold on to my salvation? That's not what he's saying. Yeah, look, when you get saved, thank God it holds on to you, right? Thank God you can't wash it off. You are saved, you are sealed, you're secure in your salvation. But he wants you to be secure in your faith. Because the only thing that's going to hold you where you need to be in this world is to be secure in your faith. So tonight I want to give you three things, three steps to spiritual security. Three steps to spiritual security. Can I tell you why the three Hebrews did not bat an eye when they went into the fiery furnace? They were secure in their faith. They didn't just have faith, they were secure in their faith. They says, we're not careful. Look, that's security. That's the kind of security you and I need. Oh, the devil and the world is going to threaten you in this world and it's going to batter you because of what you believe. 
if you're not secure in what you believe, you'll not hold on to it very long. Tonight, I want to give you three steps, very simple, right here in verse 23, about uh, spiritual security and how to have that. Look down, if you will, to the very first part of verse 23. The Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now, this is important tonight. Even though we are saved, we are sealed, and we are secure, at some point, you've got to take hold of what you say you believe. That's why it says the profession of our faith. It can't just be, well, I believe it. I mean, isn't it easy to say, I believe the Bible? I think if we went around the room tonight and say, hey, you believe the Bible? I think everybody in here is smart enough to say the right answer. Well, of course I believe the Bible. You're here on a Wednesday night. The odds are you believe the Bible. But at some point, your belief has got to be something you take hold of. It's got to be something that you are planted and rooted and secure in. So step number one tonight, the first step in spiritual security, remember to hold to your faith. Remember to hold to your faith. Watch what he says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now watch this. He is differentiating. What did he just say in verse 20, 21, 22? He says, having faith. Hey, you have this, you have this, you have this. He says, okay, now that you have it, take hold of it. You see, there's a difference in having faith and holding to your faith. This is why I believe we lose so many Christians, why we lose so many young people and so many homes to the world. It's not because we don't have faith. We do. What did he say? Look down at the the verse, verse 19. We have boldness. Thank God for that. He says we have this in verse number 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Have it. Man, we have it. Here's the problem. We're not holding fast to it. At some point, you've got to decide that you're going to take hold of what you say you believe. You say, what's the difference in having and in holding it? Here we go. You ready? Eternal security and everyday security. All right? Having faith gives you eternal security. Thank God I don't have to wake up every morning and remind myself that I'm saved. Thank God I am saved. I am sealed. I am secure. My name is written down and can never be erased. All right? So having faith is eternal security. Holding faith is everyday security. Do you know what I need until I cross over the threshold of eternity? I I need everyday security. Have you found it hard to hold to what you say you believe in 2023? I have. 2020, I mean, my goodness, 2021, And you're looking at the outlook of our world and our country right now, I mean, not looking too bright. Can I tell you what we need? We have eternal security. But we need to choose to hold to everyday security. Now, I'll give you an example I think you'll get. Uh, I think a lot of us in here in the room tonight have a conceal and carry permit, right? Uh, I have been amazed at how many of you ladies are packing. And uh, that's why I try to smile when I walk past you in the hallway, just because uh, I think some of you could probably shoot straight. Now, you have a conceal and carry permit. That means you've got the card, right? And you're allowed to do that. Can I tell you what the key to having security with a conceal and carry permit is? All right? Here's the key to it. It's the carry part. Even though you may have the card that says you have the permit to conceal and carry, there's not much security if you don't carry it with you, right? 
And you say, well, look, look, leave me alone. I've got the conceal and carry permit. I hate to tell you, the robber is not going to be worried about the permit you have. Now, all of a sudden, you open up your jacket and you show him, hey, not only do I have the permit, I'm packing. All of a sudden, wait a minute now. The great equalizer, is that what, uh, is that what uh, uh, Samuel Colt called his peacemaker, the great equalizer? Yeah, it made all men equal. You open it up, they're like, wait a minute now. Not only does he have a permit to carry, he is carrying. You see, that's the difference in having a faith that is an eternal faith and a securing faith in eternal things and taking hold of what you believe for everyday needs. This is the problem, I believe, growing up in the Bible Belt. I believe this is the problem we have growing up in the Bible Belt. We think because we have, and we do, thank God we do, verse 19, we have Verse 21, 22, we have. We think just because we have it, watch this, that we don't have to do anything with it. At some point, you better take hold of what you say you believe, or I hate to tell you, you won't believe it very long. How do we do that? Watch. Remember to take hold of your faith. 2 Timothy 1.13, great verse. Listen to what Paul says. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. What did he say? Hold fast. Hold fast. He wasn't telling Timothy, get saved and have faith, Timothy. He was saying, you are saved. Now take hold of what you believe. Because if you don't take hold of it, I hate to tell you, you're not going to be around very long in the will of God for your life. Because this world is going to beat you and batter you until finally it carries you out of the will of God. I'm telling you, we have all stepped out of the will of God at one time or another, haven't we? Can I tell you, when you've stepped out of the will of God, it was the time where we did not have hold of our faith. We didn't have the good grip that God would have us to. Think about Daniel real quickly. Daniel was facing enormous pressure. We think we have a lot of pressure. And, and, and boy, we have pity parties of how difficult it is to serve God in 2023. And I, look, I'm not saying it's not hard, but, it, but I want to tell you, it's nothing compared to what Daniel had. How did Daniel, how did Daniel have such a secure faith? If you go back and read Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says that he purposed in his heart. Not only did he have faith, here's what he did. He took hold of it. He says, look, not only do I profess this, I'm taking hold of what I profess. A lot of times, I'm afraid we read verse 23, let us hold fast the profession. And we think because we are professing it, that's going to get us through it. No, no, no. He says, take hold of what you're professing. If you say I have faith, take hold of it. That means you lay into it, you root into it, you are grounded in it. That's the only thing that's going to hold you still. Think about it this way tonight. Uh, I've, I've never been out, uh, you know, out on a, a cruise ship. I've uh, been out on uh, some deep sea fishing boats. And we'll go out there, and they're smaller boats, but uh, they'll put down an anchor. I've been scuba diving out in the Gulf, and we'll get out to the spot. The GPS coordinates have, have uh, shown us where to go, and he'll drop anchor, and that anchor goes all the way down and grabs hold of that sand. And we can swim, we can follow the anchor line all the way down, and, and there's that anchor down there. Now, no matter what happens up top, the wind and the waves, as the old adage says, that anchor holds. All right, now watch what's happening. When that anchor is dug in, that anchor is now determining where that boat can and cannot go. That's what happens when we take hold of our faith. All right? We have faith. Here's what happens. We have faith, and so often we use our faith as liberty to sin. 
The Bible says not to use our liberty as a cloak of maliciousness. Don't go out and say, well, because I'm saved, I can go and do what I want. No, if you're taking hold of your faith, watch this, your faith now determines the radius by which you live. There's places you can't go. There's areas you can't venture into. Why? Because of what I believe. It won't let you venture into that. I can't go over there because in order to go over there, I have to let go of what I believe. That's why you better take hold of what you believe. I promise you, the winds, the waves, the persecution, the difficulty is going to try and push you away from what you believe. That's why you better take hold of it. You better take hold of it. Years ago, we were down in Gulfport, and uh, we, that, was, that was a beach, you know, and uh, not much of a beach for sure, uh, if you've ever seen a, a real ocean, but the Gulf is, is good if that's all you can get to. And uh, we're down there on the Gulf Coast, and my mom had this blue Lincoln. Back then it was cool, but now it just looks like a brick on wheels, the most square car I've ever seen. But it was one that had the big enough back glass that you could lay up in it. You know, why you didn't get tickets for that? I don't know. I mean, good night. They give you a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. And here we were stretched out across the back glass of the car. Uh, and I remember we are, we are walking down the sidewalk. Mom parked the Lincoln, and we're walking down the sidewalk. Uh, and she's got us by the hand. And all of a sudden, this man runs up behind me and my brother, and I can't recall which one he was reaching for, but was reaching for one of us. Now, go figure that. I mean, I was that close to being somebody else's child, you know? And he comes up, and all of a sudden, that guy tries to grab me or my brother. My mom, suddenly, that sweet little, you know, uh, timid lady, puts the lock down on our hands and gets us into that blue Lincoln, and we, and speed off. I'm going to tell you something. Man, when he was coming after us, I can't forget how old we were. You have to ask her the details. She can fill it in for you. She took hold of us. She said, there is someone threatening my child. And she took hold of us. She wasn't allowing us to go where he wanted us to go. That's what the Bible's saying about what you believe. You better take hold of it because there's forces in this world who desperately are going to try to pull it away from you. And if you don't take hold of your faith, you're not going to have any spiritual security in your life. I love, I told somebody this today, I was texting a, a preacher, and uh, uh, we were talking about different things. They're, they're going through some struggles at, the, at their church, and uh, we're texting each other back and forth. And I texted him what Paul said in Acts 27. Simple, simple words. Paul, you, you, uh, if you recall, that hurricane was going on, and man, everybody's getting ready to jump overboard, and Paul says, we can't do that. Paul says, we can't jump overboard because an angel of the Lord appeared and says, look, we've got to stay on board. Not one man can jump over. We've all got to stay on board, and if we do, we're going to survive. The ship will be lost, but we'll be survived. Man, they're sitting there talking about it, and Paul uttered some of the sweetest spiritual and most founded words you're going to read. He says, I believe God. I believe God. Do you know what he was saying? I am taking hold of what I believe. And I'm going to hold on to what I believe. And that's going to get you through the shipwreck. The ship would be wrecked. But Paul survived. Why? Because he believed God. At some point, you better decide what you believe. Because that's the only thing that's going to hold on to you. Is choosing to not just have faith, but hold your faith. Take hold of it. Say, I believe this. I'm not turning loose of this. I believe God. That's what Job's wife, I believe, was asking him. You know, undoubtedly, Job's testimony was, I believe God. He was perfect, upright, feared God, and eschewed evil. All right? So Job's wife knew what Job believed. 
And after all the storms had beaten him and battered him, what did she say? Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Do you know what she was asking him? Do you still believe? Do you still believe? The only way Job was able to survive that storm was he had taken hold of what he believed. He didn't just have faith. He was holding his faith. So number one, the first step, spiritual security. Remember, take hold of your faith. But then watch what it says. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. And then watch, he tells us how to hold it. Okay? Uh, I love the detail of the word of God because he has to spell it out for us, or at least for me. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. And he says, without wavering. What does wavering mean? It means going back and forth. It means leaning, inclining. That's what wavering means. Wavering means that I'm going to take hold of it. But man, you know what? Every, every Christian sows their wild oats, right? I hear that all the time. Well, every Christian, nobody's perfect, right? But when you're planning on making a mistake, it's not a mistake anymore, right? It's a lifestyle, all right? So what? here we are, we've taken hold of us. And man, I heard the message on Wednesday night, and the Holy Spirit told me, I need to take hold of my faith. So I believe God. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. All right, I'll be right back. And you run over here and try to live in the world for a little while. You're wavering. You're going back and forth, all right? Now watch this. If you're going to have spiritual security, it can't just be something you have. It's got to be something you hold, and it's got to be something you live by. Number two, remember to heed your faith. Look, don't just profess to take hold of it. You've got to live it. You've got to live it. At some point, you've got to step up and say, not only do I believe this, but I believe it so much, I'm going to live it. By the way, that's when we truly profess what we believe. By living it. That's when we profess it. When people can look at our life and say, you know what? The guy's not perfect. The girl's not perfect. That family's not perfect. But my goodness, they hold to what they believe. They don't compromise and go back and forth. Listen, that's what kills the church today. That's what's killing it. It is this inconsistency of wavering Christians. We go back and forth. Now look, I'm not saying perfect. Uh, the day you become perfect, please let me know. And the day I become perfect, I'll let you know. It is, it's not happening. We're all going to have moments where we fail to live up to the holy standard of our God and what Christ secured for us. But understand, it's a difference in making a mistake and having a lifestyle of wavering. We go back and forth, back and forth. How do we not waver? We take heed to our faith. That means we're living it. We're living it. So watch what he says. He says in verse 23, let us hold it. Take hold of it. But then he wants us to heed it. What did great-grandma used to say, or at least my great-grandma? Laylee May Linder. That was her name. Uh, she lived to be 94 years old. was the last founding member of her church in Pascagoula, Mississippi. And um, we should go down and stay with her and um, sleep on that hard floor in Pascagoula. The train would come through. Boy, I remember it so well. And We'd sit around her kitchen table at night, and she would tell us old wives' tales. And because it's my great-grandmother, I believed it. All right? Even if she did tell me that her dad uh, got lost one night when he was out floundering and stumbled upon a cabin where the guy had a son who had the head of a goat, okay? Uh, even though she said it, I believed it because great-grandma would not tell a lie, right? And she would tell us all those stories and we'd be sitting there and I'll never forget, she said it all the time and you can probably fill in the blank. Idleness is the devil's workshop. Idleness is the devil's workshop. Can I tell you what the greatest spiritual security could be for you? Staying busy. Taking heed to your faith. 
I, I joke about it. I've said it before. I talk to our young people about it. It's a funny thought, but, you know, I've never heard of anybody getting carjacked going 65. You're laughing because I'm thinking the same thing. What a funny thought that would be. Catch that on one of those traffic cams. Guy comes through going 65, and this guy has a ski mask on, and he's fixing to carjack the guy. Let me know how that turns out. It's not going to turn out very good. Why? Because, man, you're in motion. You are moving. Now watch. You want spiritual security? Watch. Let us take hold. Let us take hold fast of our profession of our faith without wavering. How do we not waver? Stay busy living your faith. Stay busy. Idleness is truly the devil's workshop. Turn with me real quick. I want to show you something. First Timothy 1. Back to your left. Just, I don't know, five, six pages. Depends on how your Bible is ordered. If you have a large print, small print. First Timothy chapter 1. I want you to see something in verse 19. First Timothy 1. Look down to verse 19. Watch what Paul tells this young preacher. Holding, fat, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Whoa now. Holding faith, all right? So we take hold of it. And a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, well, here's what they do. So they took hold of it and they're like, but man, that looks like a better offer over there. All right, I'm going to let go. I'm going to put that away for the time. And you come over here and you say, man, it's bright and it's shiny. It just looks like what I need. The Bible says as soon as we let go of our faith, we quit taking heed to our faith. Watch what happens. Have made shipwreck. Have made shipwreck. Do you know when that ship gets blown off course? Is when that anchor is no longer holding. You got to have that anchor. What is the anchor? It's our faith. Stay right there in 1 Timothy. Look across the page to 1 Timothy 4. Watch what verse 16 says. Here's this word again. Take heed. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. What does that mean? Hey, you better live it. Continue in it. For in doing this, thou shalt, say, shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Man, on the one hand, we have shipwreck. On the other hand, we have folks being saved. What is the difference? It's taking heed. That means taking hold. Remember it this way tonight. What you heed will determine the direction you head. What you heed will determine the direction that you head. If you take heed, you say, I just believe this. I was joking with the guys the other day, and I probably have told this story as well. I'm only 43, so, you know, uh, I have to reuse some stories every once in a while. We were at this youth conference in Dallas, Texas at the Hyatt Regency, and they had the True Love Waits campaign back in the 90s where you're going to keep yourself pure to get down to the altar. And they gave this big old speech and several thousand young people there in the, in the room. And they said, look, if you're willing to do that, you, you take a stand for God and you stand up right now. And I was like, man, that's the greatest thing in the world. Boom. I stood up. And I'm standing there, and there's other people standing there. And yes, I thought other people in my group would stand with me. But they did not. It made for an awkward ride back home. I promise you that. Standing there and they're laughing. They're friends and they're good guys to this day. They're laughing and they're snickering and they're, they're putting their head down because they're ashamed of me. And uh, Granted, there's times for that. But at that time, that definitely wasn't one of them. And boy, as I stood there, can I, can I tell you what I wanted to do? Uh, I wanted to let go of what I believed. 
you take heed, I believe this, I believe it. I'm not letting go of this. I believe it. This is what God said. I believe God, and you take hold of it. And, and now you're taking heed to it. But watch this. But then you begin to take heat for it. What do you want to do? You just want to let go of it. You just sit back down and comply with the world. Whether we realize it or not, when we let go of taking heed and living what we say we believe, that's when we're on our way to becoming shipwrecked. So number two tonight, what's the second step in spiritual security? Remember to heed your faith. Could I encourage you tonight? It's great to have faith and say, hey, I have faith, but have you taken hold of it? And have you taken hold of it so much that you're living by it? Because what we live is really what we believe in the end. So go back, if you will, to Hebrews 10, and we'll get to this last point tonight. Hebrews chapter 10, when you look down, the Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Take hold of what you say you believe. Hold on to it. Without wavering, that means take heed. You stick with it. You live it. Live it. Why? We're fixing to see the why of all of it. For he is faithful that promised. For he is faithful that promised. I'm thankful that our Father doesn't just tell us what to do. But oftentimes in Scripture, aren't you glad he gives us incentive? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do that with my daughter every once in a while. Sometimes the incentive is, I won't get mad at you, <laughs> you know. Hey, could, could, you clean up, could you clean up the cosmetics there? And the, she's the only child, so the guest bathroom is hers. But, you know, I'm afraid people are going to walk by there and think, do we need to go in and make sure there's no, nobody buried in the rubble in there, all the mascara bottles that are everywhere, uh, you know, and I'll say, Miley, look, look, hey, uh, it's hard for me. I have to put on angry eyes. I really do. I'm not an angry person by nature. And I'll say, look, you got to help me out, all right? Mom needs you to get this in there and get that cleaned up and do your best work on that. And look, if you can keep it clean for a few days, you just keep it really clean, keep it really straight. So when you leave for school, it's all clean. Don't tell her I was talking about her, okay? Um, hey, we'll go to Sonic and get a grilled cheese. That's the greatest incentive in our house, a Sonic grilled cheese. I'm thankful our Father gives us incentives. He doesn't just say, hey, hold your faith and heed your faith or else. Now, he could do that. But watch what he says. He gives us an incentive to remind us why. For he is faithful that promised. For he is faithful that promised. So he says, watch, you have faith. You have this. You have it. Eternal security. If you want everyday security, you've got to take hold of your faith and then heed your faith. Watch. But it's not in vain because, number three, remember the hope of our faith. What is the hope? For he is faithful that promised. Do you know a lot of times we lose, or not really lose our faith, we let go of our faith because of circumstance. I don't know how many people I've met in my life who have quit on God. And can I tell you why they quit on God? They're not really quitting on God. They're quitting on people. The reason they're not quitting on God is because God didn't let them down. People let them down. They, they say, well, I'm just going to give up on God because God, no, 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 no. Look, the Bible says we have hope in what we believe for he is faithful. For he is faithful. That means I have no reason to let go of my faith. I have no reason to quit living my faith. Why? For he is faithful. 
Here's what the devil's going to do. He's going to come up to you, and you're going to take hold of your faith, and you're going to stand by it, and you're going to believe it, and you're going to see somebody mess up. And the devil's going to say, well, look, you see, they quit on their faith, so your faith must not be real. And oftentimes we go, you know what? You must be right. Can I tell you, that may not have been real, but he is. Watch what it says, verse 23. For he is. Aren't you glad? He is. He is. Everything the devil tells you to get you to let go of your faith, can I tell you, it's usually something about someone or something, not the one. Have you ever been tempted to quit on God? I'm not talking about quit church, quit reading your Bible. I'm talking about just quit on God. This faith thing doesn't work. You ever been tempted to? Yeah, absolutely. Been there. Been there, man. You're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, God, I took hold of this and I'm taking heed to this. And you know what? It seems like they're having a ball. And I'm getting beat and battered. And you're thinking, I'm just going to let go of this. Watch this. You don't make your decision on faith based on what? He is, she is, they are. That's going on. You make your decisions based on what he is. What does the Bible say he is? For he is faithful. What does the song say? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Can I tell you what that song is all about? Security. Security. On Christ the solid rock I stand. And you stand there and you stay there. Why? Because he is faithful. Here's what the devil's going to do. You're, you're going to take hold and you're going to take heed. And then you're going to look around and you're going to say, well, my goodness. I mean, you'll have these great televangelists on TV and, and they'll commit an adulterous sin or something like that. And all these people walk away from the faith. Well, their faith should have never been in him anyway. He is faithful. God will never give you a reason to let go. He's faithful. He'll never give you a reason. You say, well, no, no, no. God is faithful. The Bible says faithful is he that promise. Here's what he's saying. If you want spiritual security, always remember the hope of your faith. Our hope is in him. Paul says, I believe God. I believe God. And I know he is faithful. Do you know how many people God's let down all throughout eternity? None. None. He's never let anyone down. You say, well, you know what? I prayed that God would do this and God didn't answer it. Watch this. He's God and he's sovereign. If God didn't answer it the way that you wanted it, guess what? The way that he answered it was still right. Because God is sovereign. He works all things together for our good. That's where we just say, you're faithful and I'm going to trust in you. Watch this and we'll close tonight. Verse 19 says, we have. Thank God for what we have. We have boldness. I'm thankful you look down. The Bible says, verse 21, we have a high priest. Verse 22, the Bible says, we have our hearts sprinkled. Thank God for what we have. All right, so quick question tonight. If you're saved, you have faith and eternal security. Here's my question. All right, that box is checked forever. Even if you wanted to get lost again, you couldn't. Isn't that great? I don't know why you would want to, but even if you could, you can't. All right, so you have faith and eternal security. But wait a minute. Are you holding to your faith for everyday security? Grab hold of it. It can't just be, well, I believe the Bible. No, no, no. You better get in there, watch this, and take hold of what you profess. 
No, no, I believe it. I believe God. I'm not letting go. You say, well, how serious is it to take hold of your faith? Well, it's so serious you start taking heed to it. You don't waver. You don't take hold today and run back over there and then take hold tomorrow. and run. No, no, no. You don't waver. You, you just take heed to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Why? Because you remember the hope of your faith. If your faith is in Christ, it's not misplaced. He's not going to let you down. There's not a lot of guarantees I can give you in this life right now, but I can give you one for sure. is God will not let you down. You say, well, my soul, I've been walking through this valley. Maybe you have. Man, I know folks who've been dealing with health issues, cancer issues. Bless her heart, Miss Estes up there tonight. Bones, I mean, both bones just broken. Having to take pins out. That's a dark valley. Can you imagine? I, I believe Miss Estes years ago took hold of her faith, and she's taken heed to her faith. I think that old loser the devil has probably even came at some point during her hospital stay. I said, boy, you took hold and you took heed and, and look, look where it got you. But you know what? Her faith wasn't based on her health. Her faith was based on who it was in and it's in Christ Jesus who's faithful. Whatever he's promised, he's faithful. Look, tonight, if you have faith, take hold of it. Take hold of it. I'm going to grab it. I believe it. I believe God. I'm going to hold on to what I believe. And then start living it. Don't let go for anything. Why? Because the hope we have tonight is in one who will not let us down. Amen? Three steps to spiritual security. You 